this is going to be a fun episode, Josh. If, if, if you guys can tell from that last little bit of music what was played, this is going to be about theme songs. Our favorite theme songs, Josh. I told you to just come up with five. We probably, you, I had about 50. I'm sure you had about a thousand. Yeah, well, I mean, I think everybody recognizes that iconic theme um, from the beginning, especially, you know, these days, everybody you know, everybody knows the, the Welcome Back Cotter theme. It's just people still talk about it. People still love it. Uh, when we started this, um, almost embarrassed to say, like, I started thinking, like, you know, maybe this is a good chance because, like, I like the theme songs for some kind of cheesier shit shows like Charles in Charge and My Two Dads and stuff like that. And then once I actually kind of took a step back, I was like, wait, there's, like, really actually, like, really good theme songs. So I don't really... <laughs> Those were two of the shows on my list so. <laughs> so like one of those things you take a step back from it and you realize there's actually a re- like a lot of really great iconic themes out there um and again nothing against in case they're listening the composers of the charles in charge and my two dad theme songs i think that they you know i think that they've been bested and i think we're gonna represent some of those songs on today's episode well the funny thing is uh, i i did those aren't on my list but some of my songs are pretty much kind of those kind of songs but Let's go with it, Josh. It sounds like you have more of a, um, let's just say, a higher taste when it comes to television programs than yours truly. Um, I mean, I don't think so. I, I think you'll be maybe surprised by a, a couple of my entries here. Um, did we say we were doing, how many did we say we were doing? Five, ten? I made these very extensive notes, um, which was, you know, visiting the Wikipedia pages for ten shows, actually, um, and writing down very interesting facts. Every <laughs> single one of my entries says written and performed by and has that and information in there because I'm sure the fans are interested. We, what do you want to do? You want to do five? You want to do ten? I'm saying maybe we just do five because this might be something we want to come back to a little bit later. I think the fans are going to get a real big kick out of this episode. I'm cool with that, man. I mean, I got my five ready to go. Do you want me to start or you want to start, Josh? You go ahead. Pretty much I have shit entries because they're not the most highbrow shows, but these are the sitcoms that I grew up loving, and I absolutely love – I think the music really adds to my love for the show. Um, my first one, I'm going to go with number five, Family Ties. The good song. It, it would have made if I would have extended mine to top – 2025 it probably would have made it on there (laughs) you little bastard i never knew this was actually the opening theme song is johnny mathis and i love this lady denise williams denise and johnny i did i never knew they collaborated that's wow when you hear this song you instantly envision that beautiful painting of the keaton family For a million years And I bet we'll be together For a million more Oh, it's like I started breathing On the night we kissed And I can't remember What I ever did before What would we do, baby Without us What would we do, baby
that's a great one. I think growing up when we did, um, and growing up without maybe a ton of hobbies, a lot of watched a lot of TV <laughs> and stuff. So I, yeah, no, that's a great song, and I think it really does capture kind of the uh, the theme of the show. Yeah, Josh, I couldn't agree more. I think the song fits the show perfectly. And if you guys haven't seen this show, please check it out. It's one of my all time favorites. Uh, it's was really uh, Michael J. Fox's huge breakout role. Uh, he plays Alex P. Keaton, the young, super conservative uh, Republican who butts heads a lot with his parents who are super liberal. So a lot of the storylines come from that, and, and they're hilarious. And then he's got two sisters uh, who are awesome characters as well. I mean, it's one of my favorite shows of all time for a reason. And uh, just check it out. And now, Josh, uh, let's go to your number five. All right. Um. So... This wasn't really a show that I, I mean, I, you know, it was the thing I liked growing up and mostly I liked it because you and I would watch it um, on Saturday mornings uh, or in any morning in the week uh, when I would spend the night like in the summer. I'm going to go because um, I'm, you know, I went into this thinking iconic. I got to think of like, what are those yeah. themes that have like entered our pop culture lexicon, if you will, that are inescapable and they're never going to go away. Family. And again, like I said, family ties, you know, did come up, but I, um, I decided to go with the Brady Bunch theme. Honestly. Um, I think it's one of the catchiest songs that's been, you know, there's, it's been parodied or paid tribute to on countless, um, you know, probably every show has done some sort of a nod to it. So I I think that it's just, I, when you take, when you're going to talk best TV themes, I don't know how you can, how you can exclude it definitely highbrow josh highbrow yes <laughs> that theme song everybody in the world knows right and i think a lot of that goes because if you hear that song your mind goes exactly to the the intro video with the grid the tic-tac like the tic-tac-toe style grid with the faces i mean I, I, like everybody like everybody knows that here's a story of a lovely lady It's kind of interesting. One of the things I learned um, from Wikipedia, so big, uh, big ups to whoever put this entry in there. Um, the person who created that, a fellow named Howard A. Anderson Jr., this guy had his hands all over th- shows, movies produced from the early 50s to the late 80s. So this guy was a dude who did effects on Star Trek, the television show, which people people usually make fun of those special effects. But I mean, at the time, I mean, the guy, yeah. what he was doing with what he had to work with is amazing. But if you look at what this guy did, for just videos um, or the intro sections of shows. He did I Love Lucy. He did Happy Days, which, spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about later. Um, He did Cheers, uh, and then he obviously did the Brady Bunch. And so, I mean, this guy came up with such such just awesome imagery that everybody associates with these themes. And, And at the end of the day, I mean, that's if you're creating a TV show, you want this guy on your team. 
Put that guy. What's that guy's name? One more time. Howard A. Anderson Jr. Howard A. Anderson Jr. I just raised my beer mug up to you. Cheers, brother. Clink. And I know what Jason's drinking out of. He's got a whole basement full of these beautiful beer steins from all over the world. So Howard A. Anderson Jr., that's awesome. We salute you. One of the cool things I actually did learn, this was outside of Wikipedia, so this is when I was really doing some really heavy-duty research, was uh, there was an interview that they did with Sherwood Schwartz, who was uh, one of, like, the creator of the show, but also co-wrote the theme for the show with a fellow by the name of Frank Duvall. Frank Duvall, we salute you. And a cool thing I learned was the Brady Bunch wasn't almost called the Brady Bunch. It was almost called something else. Um, and the reason oh. for that being, there was a super influential violent Western that came out at the time uh, called the wild bunch. And this made a lot of money, very influential um, in the, in the world of film, but some negative connotations because for the time, especially like I saw this for the first time only a couple years ago, it's real violent. Um, They don't, there, there may be some misogynistic views towards women, which you know that I don't care for. Um, And so they didn't like want the, the association with that word bunch. I guess Paramount was a little skittish about that. Um, and Schwartz said that what they did was they liked the idea of the alliteration of the Brady Bunch, but they actually suggested to him calling it the Brady Brood, um, hmm. which is a fucking horrible name for a show. Which is a horrible yeah, name for terrible. a show. I guess that was like I, I guess they were pushing for that for a little bit there, but um, because the song kind the song lyrics were already written, and then they 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 just I guess. Couldn't get over it. They loved the idea that it rhymed with uh, hunch um, in the lyrics of the song. And so they decided, you know, what, we're going to roll the dice on this and we're going to call it, We're just going to leave it as the Brady Bunch and we'll see what ha- we'll deal with the fallout later. But I think in the end, the right decision was made. I have a feeling the Brady Brood would have been a complete disaster. Terrible. Oh, exactly. And uh, again, awesome show. Definitely one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. And like you said earlier, they made some great movies uh, kind of parodying. Uh, the Brady Bunch, uh, and one of my favorite albums is um, the Brady Kids. Um, they made some. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, such talented kids. I mean, I, I just again, uh, Barry Williams in particular, oh, um, awesome. class act. And if anybody yeah. like a fun, cool thing, if you guys anybody has access to the internet, um, you go out there and you can look up Jace. I think you were the one who made me aware of this. Um, the Barry Williams actually has a really fun music video out there called the real Greg Brady, where he's, um, performing it. It looks like it's clearly shot on a camcorder and it's clearly shot in a mall, probably at about seven 30 AM before they open. Cause the store, the shot, the, the rolling gates in front of the stores are all still closed, but it's him walking and rapping to the theme of the real slim shady. Um, but don't worry if your parents out there, because it's not it's not um it's not off color like the that song is. This is really like kind of a fun thing um that really that really d- delves into the character. Yeah, he took uh, Marshall Mathers, yeah, the real Slim Shady. Marshall Mathers can sometimes be a little bit um, let's just say not PG. <laughs> um, That's an understatement. Yeah, exactly. But very talented artist and we give him so much love. He represents our city, Detroit, Detroit. Yep. D- Detroit. What? Um, but no, we love Eminem and uh, we love Barry Williams. And 
it was so cool to hear them, you know, Barry Williams sample his music and just make this incredible song and so much fun. I'd love to All see right. him collaborate one day, but I, I hopefully <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to start holding my breath. But hey, you, you, you never know, right? Dreams do sometimes come true. All right, let's go to the next one. I'm going to go with my number four, um, another highbrow kind of sitcom, Family Matters. Oh, nice. And I think this song is just so incredible, and I just love the song as days go by. I think everybody, if you're listening to that song, you're humming it, you're singing it, you're screaming it. Everybody loves it. It definitely puts a spring in your step. And that, again, that's one that if I would have extended my list to maybe 10 would have made it in because I that is one of those songs. It's infectious. When it used to come on the TV as a kid, Family Matters wasn't necessarily one of my fa- like absolute favorites. I mean, I would watch it, but it wasn't one of those shows I absolutely had to see every week. I, I, well, I wasn't a T... I, I gotta admit, I was not a TGIF kid. Ooh. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I don't know what it was. I think typically Fridays were typically the days of the week we would go to the video store so i'd usually be like renting a movie i wanted to watch typically something if i knew it had a boob scene in it from seeing that in the tv guide i would try to kind of sneak that in there or i'd be getting a video game or something so you know friday night was usually go to the video store and get a movie or a video game you know to kind of occupy my friday night so i just didn't have that connection with the tgif i guess but even so like as i you know as family matters went into syndication i i became more of a fan and that theme i mean absolutely just just gets you excited. It gets you in a real kind of fun mood. It's a beautiful song. And this is just a little bit of trivia you might not know. The first season in the original five episodes, can you guess what song they actually used instead of As Days Go By? Um, I have no idea. I never knew they used anything but uh, As Days Go By. You're sitting down, right? Yeah. It was What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. <laughs> that actually is interesting. It's, it's, it's actually interesting, and but they did play that, and it looks so weird with like the visuals and stuff. Yeah, that's you just... Need the, yeah, it's too slow of a song, I mean, so as days go by, it just works perfect for the show. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, at the, I was about to ask if the visuals were the same, like, the, the camera kind of going over the water there, and yeah. then leading up to the family, you know, in yep. their various, um, you know, uh, in their various positions uh, when they're, you know, the credits are rolling. And that, I, that sounds like almost a completely different show, which shows you how much of an influence the theme song actually can make. Yeah, and I think if you've watched the first season, you kind of see that Family Matters was a different show. It wasn't as zany and as crazy. Um, it was more of a family uh, unit. And I mean, I, I find the first season incredible. Um, just really good acting and stuff like that. And then they brought in the the character Stephen Urkel, and then they kind of went a different direction. <laughs> Stephen Q. Urkel, uh, the neighbor. And, you know, a lot of people crap on Urkel or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Jaleel White or whatever. But I think he is one of the most underrated uh, physical comedians, especially for his age. I think he was I mean, he definitely carried the show. But, yeah, it definitely took away uh, a little bit of that family dynamic. Yeah, I do remember because, again, like not having grown up with it, maybe I do remember you telling me that the show started out very different and that you really enjoyed um, you know, the, the way that the first couple of seasons were done, um, and the stories they told. And obviously when Urkel enters the fold and I mean, you can't blame the network, they're printing money no. with Urkel. Um, so yeah. they're obviously going to change the focus a little bit. Uh, I think, you know, I think for a while that that formula even worked really well, obviously on the latter, you know, few seasons, it may, it got a little too out of hand. I think where, you know, um, the introduction of Stefan really kind of, 
killed it for me. I, I wasn't, you know, I kind of wasn't really that interested at that point. But no, I mean, to your point, Jaleel White, I think, did a, a phenomenal job. I mean, you got to think, I, I mean, anybody who's capable of like going out there and doing that, putting on that type of performance, great physical comedy, uh, you know, just a, really just a great presence. Yeah, and we got to give the whole cast was, I think, phenomenal. Uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. I mean, Carl is the man, like one of the coolest TV dads. Mm, you're always a big Harriet um, guy, too. <laughs> well, I mean, she did. I mean, everybody was great in their roles. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just a great show. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Love and tradition of the grand design Some people say it's even harder to find Well then there must be some magic clue Inside these gentle walls Cause all I see is a tower of dreams Real love bursting out of every scene What's your number four, Josh? I'm going to take things in a little bit of a, I don't know, spookier direction um, for my number four. Uh, I'm going to go with one of my favorite shows. And so while I may have not been a TGIF kid, I definitely was a fan of the Sunday Night Fox lineup. This show um, was usually what I'd watch before going to bed, which sometimes maybe wasn't the best idea. And it was The X-Files. Um, Whoa. Love the show. You watch that before bed? Yeah, um, watching it before bed, meaning I'm sitting there pulling the covers over my head for the next two hours um, <laughs> afterwards. Uh, if you can call it uh, that going to bed. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I'll say Nightmare City. Great show, great choice, great theme song. I think as far as setting tone and atmosphere, um, I think it does a great job. I mean, it's got, you know, this otherworldly these otherworldly sounds to it, these very kind of eerie soundscapes, just very, very cool. Um, that was written and performed, I think we he deserves credit for this, by a fellow by the name of Mark Snow. And one of the things I learned I thought was kind of interesting, um, because probably the most famous part of that, if you know, if people aren't familiar with it, you know, in, in, in totality, or one of the famous things, if you're, you know, just not super familiar with it, is the echo effect um, in the song. So, you know, there's this particular theme that replays, and typically at the end of that musical phrase, there will be this echo effect that just kind of lingers on. I think that's probably the most memorable piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mark Snow actually went on to say um, that was just created by total accident, which I mean, just goes to show you like there's anything possible folks. You really just, you know, just, just try anything, you know, just do it because you never know. You might stumble upon gold. And so Mark Snow said that uh, Chris Carter, which is the creator of the show, you know, came in while he was, you know, kind of laying down the track. And he said, um, you know, something's just not right. And I guess Chris Carter, a bit of a perfectionist, um, saying like, yeah, something, something's just not clicking here. And Snow um, actually just, I guess, kind of put it, you know, slammed his hand in his forearm on his keyboard. He was just frustrated. You know, he was trying so hard to get the right sound. And I guess when he did that, it created that echo sound. 
and that was it. And from there, they were off to the races. So it just goes to show you, I mean, it can, the, the, the greatest things can come out of just pure, pure accident. And the song itself, which I never knew would have been this big, it went to number one in France on the charts. It went to number two in the UK. So this was a, like even bigger than I thought. That is one of those theme songs that you cannot get out of your head and happy accidents. Yeah. And it was actually, um, and probably, you know, one of my reasons, maybe a little, uh, just me wanting to go back with a little nostalgia was I uh, was one of the first things I tried to learn to play on the guitar, um, when I was first learning and it sounded like total shit and I don't think it was anywhere close, but, um, I was trying, man. And it was, I, that just goes to show you that I just, I love the theme so much. That was, um, just a big part of my growing up. You know, what's kind of cool. We've been getting a lot of our information from Wikipedia because we're <laughs> professionals. <laughs> and now I guarantee you one of our fans is going to go on your Wikipedia and put that little bit of tidbit of knowledge that that was the F- X-Files was the first song you tried to play on your guitar. How cool is that? It's, yeah. Again, I think every episode um, you learn something new. You know what I mean? We don't come in. These aren't we're not, we don't plan this, but um and I appreciate that. I, I, I've gone out to some of the stuff on Wikipedia, um, especially as far as it goes to people I've been romantically involved with. A um, little questionable. I've had to report a couple of things. Um, but yeah, something like that showing up there, I, I'd be totally cool with that. So go forward. Go forward. And what was the tagline for X-Files? Uh, the truth is out there. <laughs> guess that doesn't make sense to go. <laughs> show josh and hey don't forget the truth is out there (laughs) (laughs) all right josh i'm going to my number three i'm going to name some names for you and i'm going to see if you can guess what show i'm talking about i like this these are the actors in the show helmand light milano pintaro (laughs) who's the boss not that danza Who's the boss? Who's the fucking boss? And great show. I love this show. And it was funny because I was looking this up. I just thought this was a show I just watched. I didn't think it was like super popular. Me and you have, when we were kids, we would always (laughs) make fun of Danny Pintura who played Jonathan. (laughs) And Danny Pintura, if you're listening, um, I've heard you're a fan. Again, no no offense intended by this. We were kids, you no, know what I mean? We were kids, Danny. We were just jealous that you got to hang out with Mel- Alyssa oh Milano. My God, dude. Samantha. She Ooh. was gorgeous. I, I think gorgeous and, you know, being a kid, you know, definitely had a big crush on her. Um, but yeah, this says I'm, I'm on this uh, really professional play page called Wikipedia, but this was up for several awards very successful in the ratings top 10 in the ratings for five years i mean just a great yeah just a great show but the theme song is 
It's probably one. Of, it's 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 a good song, but it's so freaking funny because <laughs> the intro is like you know Tony Danza's character Tony. They really got Tony Danza always plays a character just named Tony. <laughs> it's like they don't even like try to act like the guy can like have another name but Tony. I right. mean, just, I, he's Tony Danza, and I love Tony Danza. I'm just gonna choose to believe that that's because he has a hard time answering to any name but Tony. <laughs> Like they gave him the name Johnny, and then, like, when he was supposed to have a cue that said, like, what do you think, Johnny? He just kind of stood there and didn't, like, realize it. But, I, I yes, I agree. Tony, like, I always seems to play a guy named Tony, but it, he's awesome. I mean, we love Tony Danza. Tony Danza is a national treasure. I mean, I love Tony Danza and anything he does. Even the things he fails at, I love what he tries to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the theme song is it's just a fun song, but with the visuals of the intro, <laughs> it's just absolutely incredible. Um, cause it starts out where Danza or Tony is r- <laughs> r- driving this busted up blue rusted van, you know, through he's, where did they come from? Reseda? I don't know where they came from. It, I mean, he like, clearly is driving on this beautiful autumn line street in like Connecticut or something. Right. I mean, yeah, like, but they, but they start off like from, oh, like, they, I, I think, think it's they came like, like Brooklyn or something, didn't they? Brooklyn. It was like Brooklyn. And then like, they're driving through and then all of a sudden they get to like this beautiful area and like, he's still driving this busted ass van, <laughs> but it's so funny. I think it's like in later seasons, like when it's like, what is that line? Uh, he lost, I lost a dream or two. <laughs> And he's like diving into home plate, <laughs> but he's getting like tagged out at the same time. So, which, oh, it's, it's such a great, great theme song. Great, great intro. Yep. Which that was one, going back to your point. One of our favorite things growing up is whenever we played like a game or something that we made up outside. Like inevitably, someone was gonna someone was gonna be moving in slow motion, saying, "I lost a dream or two. <laughs> that so. person was gonna be. Getting tagged out or missing a shot or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, to your point, I it was funny because thinking back about it, because we did used to watch this. Um, I don't even remember what channel or anything. Who's the boss was on originally? I want to say um like ABC. Uh, yeah. But I remember me and my mom would always giggle at the very at the intro when the when the very first image you see is the sh- the shitty van driving <laughs> through like you know the the, the leaf lined street like it, for, it just it, it tickles your funny bone in the exact just perfect way every time you see it or at least it did that for all, I think all of us and I think the character of uh, Tony Maselli is pretty much our family is like driving a busted ass van. Like. <laughs> <laughs> But a heart of gold, like a lovable, a like gold. great person, but like, yeah, like doesn't know when to get a new vehicle or maybe just can't, you know, afford a new vehicle at that point. Tony Maselli, a guy with a heart of gold trying to get his daughter out of a bad, you know, out of the streets and bring her to a better life. So he takes this job, you know, he works uh, as a housekeeper for Angela who is uptight and stuff, but through the series, you fall in love with her. And then she's got a mom oh, who's constantly, Mona. <laughs> Mona, Mona, who's constantly wanting to get boned by like 50 guys <laughs> yeah. at a time. I never understood. Cause I mean, I was a young kid and stuff, but I didn't understand the attraction from Mona. Like all these guys wanting to bone Mona. No, I didn't, but, but I figured as I grew up, I would learn. Like I, you know, <laughs> exactly. I was, you know, 16, I would be, you know, trying to be banging someone like Mona. So, <laughs> But no, I think a, fu- a hilarious dynamic. I mean, um, I mean Sam. Obviously, I think every boy, any boy, a boy our age that watched the show probably had a crush on Alyssa Milano, and then especially later, like as she, you know, became, you know, unbelievably gorgeous, even more yeah. so. 
Um, and then, you know, Pintoro, we always kind of, um, like you said, like we talked about, we always kind of liked, you know, poking a little bit of fun, but I mean, I think he played that role as like kind yep. of a sensitive, uh, little brother really well. And, um, yeah, a great the, cast, great show. Yeah. He played the role of Jonathan perfectly. Great cast, great show. If you guys haven't seen it, find it, watch it. Great show. Josh, what's your number three? Oh, my number three is going to be, um, I, it's honestly a show I've probably, God, I have probably not seen even that many episodes of, but I just absolutely love the song. Um, and I'm going with mash on this one. If you grew up in kind of either of our households, um, you heard the song, you know, probably, I don't know, 14, 15 times a day because our moms would fall asleep on the couch watching it. (laughs) And, you know, there would be just a mash, like pretty much a mash marathon on about every day. But just love the song. There's something about that theme, um, the you know, particularly the instrumental theme. And I learned a little bit about uh, this, just that I had never would have had any idea. Uh, and I've not seen the movie, uh, yeah. so I guess I didn't know this. But the song, I mean, it was actually so what we hear in the show is the instrumental uh, song and it's the instrumental piece from uh, the f- t- the full song called Suicide is Painless which um, mm. you know at first you hear that title you think like this is uh, wow that's pretty dark you know that's some um, serious stuff but I guess it was supposed to be very tongue-in-cheek which makes sense given the tone yeah. of the show um, but something kind of cool I learned so the director uh, of the movie Robert Altman so they had the theme like the music was written by this guy Johnny Mandel and um, he told him, like, t- try your hand at writing the words. And he gave him the advice, actually saying, this has to be the stupidest song ever written. So um, obviously high hopes for this. And I guess Mandel, like, just he couldn't really eat whatever he came up with. Then um, I didn't like Altman didn't think it was appropriate. So Altman tried to do it himself and he couldn't figure it out. Like he was trying to he said he couldn't think of something stupid enough. He gave uh, he gave the test to his 14 year old son. Michael, who wrote the words in five minutes. And I actually went and looked up the words. They're not really, they're not bad. I actually think they're pretty good. Yeah, they're actually. I can't can't even imagine because it's such a great theme song without music. I can't even imagine with lyrics. Right. So I'm actually, I'm going to say like as a homework assignment for everybody, go out there, listen to the song with lyrics. Um, It's kind of crazy, but I don't think the lyrics are that bad. I mean, honestly, if you would have given me something like that at 14, it would have just had like the words poop and tits and like, you know, but like just stupid stuff in it constantly. Like, I mean, that would have been my idea of stupid, but this 14 year old kid, I mean, he's writing some kind, I mean, I thought pretty thought provoking stuff. So um, I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the instrumental version was definitely the right choice. Um, but just, I just love the song. I mean, to me, it sounds almost just like a great, just great piece of music, like not something that has to be confined to just being like a TV theme. Like if it wasn't a TV theme, maybe it wouldn't have gotten attention. I think no matter what, this song could have been iconic in in really any format. 
Yeah, and as good as that theme song is, I'm going to say the show's even better. I absolutely love that show. I, again, like my mom watched it too, like constantly. And you know, when you're a kid, it's like, this is going to be boring. Yep. You fall into it and the acting is like awesome. And then the storylines are incredible. And, oh, it's such a good show. I just absolutely love it. I. Definitely one of my favorite characters ever would always be Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. He just seemed like the coolest dude ever. Uh, Alan Alda played him perfectly. I remember thinking like one day I'm going to go to war and I'm going to be banging hot lips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> played by the beautiful Loretta Swit. Mm. God, you have so many Loretta Swit posters. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, I always tell people jokingly that's who I lost my virginity to. So... Um, no, but I mean, everybody on that show just does a great job. And the show was 11 years, so it actually outlasted the the right, war. I yeah. know that. But such a great show, guys. You need to go check that out. Theme music is incredible. Um, yeah, I just can't say enough about it. I was trying to look up, like, who was that one guy who dressed up like a girl to always get kicked out? Oh, Klinger? Yeah, that's it. Klinger. <laughs> like, and one of the things is there's a place in Toledo called Tony Paco's what's like a big hot dog place and they, they their food's incredible. If you guys go to Tony Paco's in Toledo, Ohio, tell them the JNO podcast. Sunshine. And they are not sponsored. We would love them to be sponsored of the JNO podcast, but they are not. Jason is just telling the truth. Tony Paco's <laughs> number one. Yep. So anyways, Tony Paco's is number one, great restaurant, but anyways, Klinger, I guess brings up Tony Paco's like a, several times. So, my dad always brings up like how Klinger loves Tony Paco. So whenever we go by Toledo, <laughs> whenever we go by Toledo, we got to go eat there because Klinger sent us. All right, so I'm gonna go to my uh, number two. Ooh, it's getting a tough competition here. This is one of my favorite shows of all time. I just started rewatching it as of right now. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch their actually the quality on them is gorgeous. It's like Blu-ray quality. Uh, They just remastered them. It is this little show called Little House on the Prairie. Nice. Good one. I absolutely love it. This is another kind of like how MASH is where it's an instrumental song. It's just perfect. And I don't know. Every time... I I can never just skip the intro because every time I see those girls, you know, that's such an iconic thing. Uh, Pa and Ma, they're coming up on their uh, horse buggy. The three girls start running down that hill. It's so iconic. And the music is just perfect. And one of the greatest shows, I think, of all time.
I completely agree. Phenomenal show. Um, I one of my favorite. I mean, obviously, one of the things I always think about. This will be probably another thing that'll show up on our Wikipedia's now is when you and I used to play Little House on the Prairie um, in your parents' basement, which you know, like most normal, um, you know, eight to ten year old boys would or want to do. And um, it was always that Almanzo was trying to um, get in Laura's pants or get in her. Um, I don't know what what would she be wearing at that point. Like get in her uh, gown. Um, yeah, and yeah. Paul, um, Laura was always off camera or not. We weren't even fil- taping this, thank God. But um, Laura was always nowhere to be seen. But then Paul would come in and then chase Almanzo around and we would build a house out of the couch cushions. And during the chase, inevitably, the house would get knocked down. Um, and I, again, like you would think we would change the storyline up or something once in a while. But it was pretty <laughs> much that storyline for you know several years. So. Uh, but I, my mind goes to that, but I mean, my mind also cle- definitely does go to the show. The show was phenomenal. Such a, I don't know, just, I think just, I, I mean, it's, it's literally, it's like watching just many great movies, honestly, with the same characters. Cause they, yeah. they just do the story so well and you really do fall in love with the family. Yeah. And, um, growing up being a fan of little house on the prairie, most, if you're a male, uh, most people think you're maybe homosexual, <laughs> um, I and I even got crab recently. I was playing a video game with one of my buddies, and I just said, "Oh yeah!" Like I was, I uh, just got done watching an episode of Little House on the Prairie, and instantly I was like, you know, questioned. It's like, dude, I compare it. I was, I always say it's like the Game of Thrones of like 1970s television because nearly almost every episode somebody's gonna die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody's gonna, somebody could get raped. Uh, I mean, there's a it's a family show, but it also deals with a lot of issues. What you wouldn't think you when people think about it, they just think it's like oh, it's like people just wa- you know walking around like you know getting water from a well or something. Yeah, like, doing nothing like maybe like playing like a ring around the rosy or something. It's, no, it's like about a lot different. It, it's one of those shows with my daughter, I'm going to be showing her, you know, for life lessons and stuff like that, how to live a good life. And, you know, there's just so many lessons you can take from that show. So incredible. Mm. And I think I love this show because I got into it when I was younger because grandma, she had that little black and white television in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So she would always go in there and I would always hear the theme song and she would always be so into it. So it's like, when I watch it, I kind of feel like Grandma Tran sitting right next to me and we're watching it together. Absolutely love the show. And and one last thing, I'm such a big fan of this show. I actually listen to a podcast what's just about this show. What is the name uh, of this podcast? <laughs> the podcast is called Walnut Grovecast. And actually the guy who like runs <laughs> Yeah. The guy's actually hilarious. Like he doesn't take anything too serious. Um, they actually do interviews with like cast members and people who worked on the set and stuff like that. Nice. And they dissect some episodes, but they use a lot of humor. It, it, it's a great podcast. So go listen to Walnut Grovecast and tell them the JNO podcast sent you. Um, one story I have that's a little, uh, it's a little more um, on the serious side, but um, Little House. I, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is um, I was during one of those summers again when um, you know I was really doing nothing but gaining weight was I was watching uh, an episode where uh, it was like the Ingles all of a sudden just had a dog. Like it probably a dog came, you know, maybe just walked up to their house and the dog got hit by a covered wagon. 
um, which of course was horrifying. And, you know, because you, you, you know, they start up the episode, you fall in love with the dog and then the dog mm-hmm. gets hit by a wagon. It's just, again, like to your point that the, the show was not, <laughs> was not just quaint, you know, like baking pies and things like that. It was, you know, they, they dealt with a lot of, a lot of real stuff. Um, and in that episode, the dog gets hit, you think the dog is, has died and it's, you know, unbelievably sad. Um, and at the end, it turns out the dog was, you know, in some sort of a coma or something where it had been knocked unconscious. And, you know, that, you know, at least thankfully that's a happy ending. Um, the kind of a crazy thing was uh, our beagle, I, right? Literally as that episode was ending, we got a phone call um, that our dog had been hit by a car and unfortunately mm. was not um, unconscious, was not in a coma, was had passed away. And uh, that was... Um, that was hard, you know, and it was just, but it was just crazy yeah. how like Little House had, it was lit. I mean, the, just the craziest kind of real life, um, you know, life imitating art kind of thing I think I've ever in, been involved with just because, I mean, it was literally the credits, you know, the, uh, the opening credits of the Laura running through the flowers was just starting for the next episode. And then we got that yeah. information. So, but just crazy stuff. And it really does go to show you just like Little House did, you know, it did tackle things or deal with things that were, you know, that were real and that were not always happy. And I just want to make a side note that uh, your beagle, Sam, was one of the greatest dogs. I mean, that was the first dog I was ever really around and made me absolutely fall in love with dogs. So, uh, yeah, I I always prayed all of our, I mean, I always prayed all of our animals and stuff. And Sam's always, uh, always gets a little shout out. Yeah, she was, she was awesome, man. And um, we miss her a lot. We, Sam, I'm sure if you're and the afterlife you're out there you're you know you're hanging out you might you might be listening to the general podcast (laughs) probably are Um, probably listen to this podcast definitely want you to know um that we love you and miss you very much we do all right now that we're all miserable (laughs) let's no but sam was such a great dog all right, Josh, let's go to number two. All right. This, um, again, this is, uh, it's going to sound strange, uh, again, to say this, um, but this again was another show I didn't watch much of. And as I got older, um, I guess I, maybe I understood why, cause I watched it and didn't really love it, but I did love the theme song to the point that I was willing to give it the number two spot, which I think is, uh, I think that's pretty high praise. Um, and you and I've talked about this before. I'm excited to kind of cover some of that same ground, but um, I'm going with Cheers here. Um, the song being where everybody knows your name. Tried to really like get into the show later on, you know, watch some episodes when it was in syndication. And again, I, I can understand being a kid and maybe not, maybe not really getting it or maybe not being into it. Cause I don't think their target audience was, you know, like a 10 year old who was just developing BO. So I get it, but I, I tried to watch it later on as I grew up and it, it never really clicked with me, maybe a little bit more so later on when Kirstie Alley came on, um, just from having that, the mad crush of my youth on her anyways. So that seemed to help, but I, I, I the show never really connected with me that much, but the song, I, I just love the song. I think it's just phenomenal. I think it's so catchy. Um, one of those things, once it gets in your head, it's, it's damn near impossible to get it out. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. 
definitely, definitely classic, classic theme song. And Josh, I was just like you as a kid. I always wanted to get into the show, but it was just so over my head. Uh, probably about seven or eight years ago, they had it on Netflix. So I was like, whatever, I'm just going to give it a try. I'll probably watch like one or two episodes. I watched all the seasons. Um, and it was funny because I would always, I loved it. I mean, I, it finally clicked with me. I'm not a drinker or anything like that, but I fell in love with the characters and I had such a respect that you could have pretty much one setting and you made these characters super interesting. That's impressive. And it was it's a great show. And I remember I got really into it and Melissa fucking hated it <laughs> uh, because she was like, my dad used to watch this show, you know, like and she would just have to like read a book or something because her dad was constantly watching it and stuff like that. So she was just over the whole Cheers thing. She enjoyed the theme song, though, so that was cool. <laughs> was about but to it's, say, a, it's a great show. I was about to say, like, I wonder if when the theme song hit, she just got immediately miserable. Um, <laughs> yeah, while I was, like, binging them. <laughs> no, but I love, and I, um, again, I'm not, not surprised. And I, th- I think it's kind of similar to what we were talking about the Brady Bunch earlier. I think, you know, I, I know right now um, they're using uh, either, I think they're using either exact song or maybe, like, a slight, re- uh, maybe a, a slightly updated remake in, a, like, a Domino's commercial yeah. or something now. But, I mean, one of my favorite things that it always reminds me of is the Flaming Moe's episode of The Simpsons where they do essentially oh, yeah. just a complete rewrite of it um and it's obviously you know obviously a um you know a parody of it and they they the, the music isn't exactly the same but very similar and i i just love that i mean i think that just goes to show how influential it can be when you can have another show that's one of the obviously greatest shows of all time if not the greatest show of all time dedicate like almost a whole you know minute and a half to just literally playing like their kind of interpretation of the theme song so i love it, it makes me think of the flaming Moe's song but on its own it's an unbelievable piece uh, of music. I just, I absolutely love it. And I um, was actually interested. So one of the things I learned again from our uh, pal Wikipedia was, so the song actually was nominated for an uh, an Emmy, which I didn't even know that was a thing, I guess, for theme songs. So it was kind of cool to hear. And um, in readers polls in both Rolling Stone and TV Guide, naming it the best television theme of all time. So I mean, those are those are publications with a pretty uh, wide ranging influence. So I think, you know, they're giving it the credit. I think it, I think it deserves it. It didn't get my number one, but I can understand why it would be other people's number one. Yeah, and definitely, definitely a number one song in many people's hearts. But, Josh, I kind of have an idea what your number one's going to be. You want to just tell us? Because I don't think I think you kind of mentioned it earlier. So I left this song off my list. Because I knew it was going to be your number one. All right, for those people, yeah, we'll look, we'll get out of the way for the people that are at their uh, at their jobs, sitting in their cars, just waiting for this list to finish. Um, my number one, it was no question. I knew when the list started, I had to put it up there. Happy days, uh, my favorite theme song of all time. I don't think that's ever changed um, since I was a kid. I just always loved it. It just, you know, I, I literally had a day um, at my job a few years ago where I just realized I hadn't heard it in a, a kind of a long time. So I listened to it on repeat for, uh, I'm not even kidding, around like three hours. So people would say that might make someone like a psychopath or something. But I just literally the same minute and a half, just I just had it on repeat playing in the background. I just love the song. Brings me back to being a kid watching the show. Absolutely love the show. Um I just, there's not much more I see and say about it. One of the th- cool things I guess I, uh, I did learn, um, written by these two dudes, Charles Fox and Norman Gimbel. 
And these guys were like, I guess, like the Lennon McCartney of TV themes songs. Um, they also wrote the theme to Laverne and Shirley, which many folks know is a spinoff uh, of Happy Days. And that's a great theme song, too. Exactly. Um, yep. Phenomenal. And also, uh, they also wrote the song uh, performed very memorably by Jim Croce called I Got a Name, which is a absolutely beautiful song. One of those songs that um, you know, honestly almost makes me cry sometimes. A great song. So these guys... I think just captured the era perfectly, the sound of it, the, the, the tone of it, the melody, everything. I think it just, they connected in a way that I don't think any other theme song has. Actually, I used to actually, when I was obsessed with Happy Days as a kid, um, I used to be bummed out when they would play it. And it would be, I think it was in the first season or two, and it would be the one with the rock around the clock as the intro credits. Like, it just, I just never... It, yeah, I remember feeling the same way. That just shows you how great the theme tuned up, turned out to be because they actually literally used a song from the 50s and it didn't seem as fitting. It didn't seem as appropriate. It just didn't seem to be as it just didn't fit as well. And then you take a song that was recorded, you know, during when they were filming it and it just, it just was perfect. I mean, just couldn't get any better. So it's a perfect song. And I think it's probably one of the most perfect sitcoms. Uh, great characters. Uh, what was that guy's name? Arthur Fonzi Telly or something? Uh, yeah. Um, Arthur Fonzarelli um, <laughs> guy. Uh, definitely a, I mean, it was, it, it's kind of funny, I guess, maybe just thinking like as a kid, like I thought, okay, like when I get to high school, I got to be like the Fonz, which if I would have tried to act like the Fonz, <laughs> I would have gotten my ass kicked. But um, just so just, I mean, such a, a cool character. Honestly, one of the, one of the very few memories I have of going to Washington DC as a kid was seeing Fonzie's jacket. And I remember when we went to the Smithsonian, that was the only thing that I actually like in looking at what they had on display, which makes you seem like a very uncultured piece of crap. But the only thing I wanted to see was Fonzie's jacket, which I did. I still remember seeing it. I still remember, you know, where, you know, what it looked like, where I was when I was looking at it. It was just such a cool memory for being from such a big fan of the show. Arthur Fonzarelli, the king of cool, the Fonz. And then you hear the guy who plays Arthur Fonzarelli, Henry Winkler is like the nicest guy ever created. So it makes the character even cooler. Then you got Richie Cunningham, who is just, you know, the most likable kid ever. Potsy kind of sucks ass. And Ralph I thought Mel I was going to say, I thought Ralph Melf was the most likable kid ever, but 
<laughs> well, Potsy, I actually like Potsy. Okay, I always thought it's funny, like when they have Potsy sing, because yeah. you can tell they're trying to like set him up for like a career. <laughs> like when, yeah, whenever Happy Days inevitably came to an end, there would be a show called like Potsy Time or something. <laughs> and then Ralph Mouth is like, you know, I mean, they're likable characters, but. Richie is great. Joni, yeah. uh, Mr. and Mrs. Cunningham are like the perfect parents. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Bosley, we miss your brother. And yeah, uh, but yeah I, honestly, a- I don't I can't look at and again, even like you think about Ralph Melf, who I mean, I think he played that part great. I think he was the you know, he was kind of meant to be the little pain in the ass uh, guy in their group who, you know, kind of struck out with the girls and was uh, kind of a goofball. And I think, you know, given that he, he did phenomenal. So, I mean, I think yeah, he did a great job. cast super strong um, later on, even like with some of the characters. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody points to the infamous jump the shark moment, but um, I think even later on when you start introducing characters like uh, Pinky, and leather Tuscadero and all these like uh, these other people. I, I still, I mean, I still enjoyed it. I still, I, I still, I think the early version of the show was the best. But I mean, as it went on later, you know what? So it got really freaking cheesy. Who cares? Yeah. We still love the characters, and that, what, what else can you ask for? The show was always watchable, which is hard to say with a lot of shows that go on so long. So just a great show, and it gave us one of the greatest music videos of all time with uh weezer's buddy holly absolutely i i know i've heard uh things where weezer have tried to kind of distance themselves from that they thought maybe it kind of pigeonholed them a bit i completely disagree i would say embrace that because that i mean uh, i believe directed by spike jones who's one of the greatest music video directors ever um i think if anything i mean yeah anytime i hear that song and it plays pretty frequently i my mind goes exactly to that video and that's i think i mean that's the best thing you can you can hope for when you're creating a video. Uh, to a yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Weezer would have had the career without that music video. I mean, it really put him on the map. And anytime I hear that song, it's like, oh, I want to listen to more Weezer. So shut the fuck up, Weezer, and be very, <laughs> be very, freak, yeah, be very thankful that you were able to use uh, Happy Days and all those beautiful clips. And mm-hmm. uh, God, it's such a great show, and uh, we miss you, Al. Yeah, great. Ca- I, I literally don't think there was a. Um, I'm sure people I get, get at us on social media if you disagree, but I, I don't think there was a, a, a noticeable weak link in that cast. I think everybody knew their part and they played it perfect. So that's where that's why it's my number one. And now we're gonna go to my number one. I'm gonna say it's not as great of a show as Happy Days, um, but I love the show. I love the theme. Start a little guy named Kirk Cameron. Still, oh, nice. St- still. Still a big box office draw with his uh, fireproof movie series, and seemingly, um, seemingly likable guy. <laughs> but it's he actually seems more likable uh, recently than he did like ten years ago. But uh, the show is growing pains. I absolutely love this show. I love all the characters. Um, I'll even say I had a little bit of a crush on Carol Seaver. I know she's kind of a nerd, <laughs> but she's very likable. Everybody loved uh, Jason Seaver as the dad and Maggie Malone. I mean, I, who, you know, that was another one of my crushes oh, as a kid. Yeah. And then Ben Seaver, funny as heck kid. And I mean, just a, such a great show. But that theme song, man, I just love the theme song. And I remember I had a recorder and like a cassette recorder. And I used to like go and record 
in front of the TV, like constantly, like their themes. I only needed it once, but I was like dumb. So I recorded like a million times, but I would record that and I would just listen to it over and over and over again. I just absolutely loved it. Um, Growing Pains. I don't know if you have any ties to Growing Pains. I know you like the character um, um, Mike Seaver's uh, best friend, Boner. <laughs> Love, big Boner guy here. Um, but no, it's funny you say it on my, uh, if we would have extended this to 10, that song was on my list. Um, I got it right near you. Growing Pains as long as we've got each other. Great song performed by, which I never knew this, BJ Thomas of uh, yep. Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head fame, as well as many others. Um, and yeah, I honestly, um, remember the show more. So I think you and I would watch it together sometimes when we were kids. Um, like, especially when it went into like syndication, but as a kid growing up, I remember just what I identified that show with was, I thought like, okay, this is what the perfect family is. And like, and not in a bad way or not in like a cynical way, but like, you know, Alan Thicke is the dad, he's got perfect hair. He's, you know, he's you know, got charisma for days. Uh, the mm-hmm. mom, you know, yeah, definitely had a little bit of that weird, um, you know, Mrs. Robinson kind of crush on, um, you know, of course, before um, learning of Kirk Cameron's like, um, and maybe ultra conservative alienating views. Um, I thought, you know, he, this kid's he's he, this would be the kid I'd, I, I want to be his boner. Um, I want to be best friends with <laughs> Kirk Cameron uh, and Ben. Yeah, I thought Ben, I was like, Ben would be like, OK, so. I would be younger if I was younger and I couldn't be Kirk Cameron's restaurant. I'd want to be best friends with Ben because he seems like so cool and funny. And so, yeah, I mean, that same thing like you were talking about. I, I just always this, this was the show more than any, I think, that I identified with like the perfect family, like picture perfect family across the board. Yeah, and uh, I just lo- always love their humor and stuff. I, you know, they would rip on each other, but you could tell they all cared about each other. Um, yeah, I thought my dad would have a beautiful head of hair, but for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's such a great show, just a great theme song. And I mean, if you guys haven't watched Growing Pains, check it out. Show me that smile. Ooh, show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. We're nowhere near the end. We're nowhere near the best. He's ready to So I just, I just absolutely love the song and, and the show is just incredible. So Josh, that concludes it. Cool. I think we covered a hell of a lot of ground. I think we could have did like 50 and I think that's what the audience wants. (laughs) Well, you know (laughs) what, if you do hit out at us on social media at JNO podcast, all spelled out JNO podcast at gmail.com. I think those are those are our two, right? That's our Instagram and that's our email. Do we have any? Yeah. Um, okay, so that, exactly. Hit us on one of those. Let us know if you guys want us to do a a special. Uh, you guys want us to record our uh, our next forty? We'll we'll do it. You just you reach out and you let us know. Yeah, and I think we have a lot of stuff we're going to start recording. Uh, we apologize. There was uh, we always tell you guys we're back. 
Uh, we're <laughs> gonna be doing <laughs> we're gonna be doing all these episodes. Um, but you know, life happens. Uh, Josh has been super busy. He's kind of a you know this crazily isn't our only jobs the show has taken a back seat and we apologize we have so many we've gotten so much love from you guys asking us making sure we were okay um mm. right now i mean probably by the time you know this gets up hopefully things kind of calm down but there's kind of a virus scare you guys have been just making sure me and josh are healthy um we nick you guys have been asking about nick make sure he's healthy dave mm. So, I mean, we just, uh, we want you guys to know that, you know, we wanted to do this episode too, because we kind of wanted to take your guys' mind off all the crazy stuff going on, you know, on in this world. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll start trying to get more up, um, more for you guys to do. You guys are, you know, and I think it's the perfect thing, you know, if people are, you know, kind of, uh, kind of laying low, um, maybe quarantining is a little too, uh, too crazy of a word, or maybe a little bit too, um, you know, to, uh, blowing things out of proportion. But, you know, if people are just staying home, kind of chilling out, taking it easy, you know, throw in a JNL podcast, you know, uh, listen with your, your spouse, your children or something. And I think you, you know, I think everybody will get a kick out of it. It'll be enjoy it. Um, I like I, to your point. I mean, I wasn't able to walk down the street without people yelling like, where's a new episode? Get a new episode up. Come on, man. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, we're trying, man. We're trying. And like Jason said, um, this isn't our full time job just yet. I think we're very close to that happening. You know, so keep sh- so share the show. If you know, think of anyone that would just be a, if there's a topic we've done that, that you think people would get a kick out of uh, of hearing uh, of hearing someone else's point of view or. Um, just anything, just, you know, share it with someone and, you know, keep the word of mouth going because, you know, if we could make this our full-time job, you know, we would, you know, we'd give you guys more content than you could handle. We would give, we would at least give you guys an episode a month if this was our full-time <laughs> job. So and a lot of research goes into these episodes. So that's actually pretty good. You could probably hear the clicking when we were going over to Wikipedia, but, um, yeah, we love you guys. We want you guys to all be safe and, you know, just be calm in these, you know, these trials and tribulations that we're all going through. Josh, before I hit the record button today, I was kind of telling you about that 1980s uh, Curious George TV mm-hmm. theme that I love. And you were saying how much you love it. I think it's a great song. I think it'll um, it'll really calm things down. I think that's what we need right now. Play it. Here's to George, the curious little monkey. He's so full of curiosity. Here's to George, the curious little monkey. He's as curious as curious can be. 